For May 2nd, 2011, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 148. 872. 872. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast presented by the BBC World Service, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrumping it probably doesn't deserve. <laughs> I am your host, a British person. Do you remember that from the South Park, uh, the South Park um, uh, yeah, adaptation yeah, the- of uh, Great Expectations when Malcolm McDowell ca- comes on and says, hello, I am a British person uh, as the narrator, because for, for whatever reason, whatever the... Um, the uh, whatever the the anglophilic tendencies of the states are, uh, it, all the narrators are always all the television presenters are always uh, British. Uh, it's actually it's so pervasive a, a trope that I kind of assumed like until I actually met an English person, I assumed that they were just accompanied by distant trumpet referee and fanfare. Hello, are you having problems with your prostate? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're here to um, Wow, who's that going? Schechner, that's you I, uh, We're here to um, Overthink the wedding Of uh, the British wedding The royal wedding The wedding of uh, the now Duke and Duchess Of Cambridge Aren't they now? Uh, yep, that's right Yes, and, and we have our special scrumping correspondent Timothy Swan <laughs> Tim, it's great to have you back on the podcast <laughs> It's good to be back. And it's, I feel special scrumping correspondent is about appropriate for what I'm going to offer, really. <laughs> it's, um, we, uh, we're glad to have you back, especially since it's even more of a hardship to uh, have you on the um, – it's even more of a hardship to have you on the show uh, now than it was the last time that we had you on the show because it is, it is now an hour later because you, you two have gone on Daylight Savings Time. Can we make the point that the the hardship is for you and not us? (laughs) Uh, Which I don't think was made clear. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, that this is a hardship. This is a hardship call, a hardship Skype call for you. Well, actually, uh, in Britain, it's called British summer time, right? It's It's not called daylight savings time or English summer time. What is it called, Tim? British summertime, and actually, we're thinking of going to British double summertime because we just love that Whoa. summertime. We don't get very much of it. We've basically had two weeks of summer, and that's about as much as we get. So uh, we're really pushing for <laughs> as much summertime as we can get. British double summertime sounds like the dance break during the middle of, of British summertime. Well, well, we only it's ever actually, had it it's during... actually the next James Bond flick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not been called anything yet, so maybe you should write in to Sony, who I think are making it now, and suggest it. You know, the last one had a pretty ridiculous name, so... Yeah, no, British double yeah. summertime wouldn't be any worse than Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> right. Um, so uh, we're here, royal wedding extravaganza. Question of the week to the panel: What um, what fictional princess or or prince? Though I'm, you know, I guess for heteronormative reasons, uh, I'm assuming that uh, you'll all pick a princess. Uh, what fictional royal would you like to wed? There, that's the that's the uh, the gender the gender neutral version. What fictional royal uh, of any variety would you like to wed, Tim? We will give you pride of place in going uh, last. 
or or you can you can precede me if you wish. I, either way, I'll I'll give you the option when we when we come to you. But first in the alphabet, drink. Uh, it is <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's, that's good. Tea. It's <laughs> I'm all out of tea. It's it's Peter Fenzel. Peter, hey! what, what, what fictional royal would you like to wed? Oh gosh, there's just so many wonderful choices. If you want to marry a princess, it just gets kind of absurd. I, I kind of I I have a choice, but it comes with a sort of a proviso. And actually, you know what? It's a proviso that can never really be satisfied. So then, perhaps let me let me point out to you the sort of. Uh, the, the, the fictional marriage that will never happen for multiple reasons. So I think that the royalty that would be coolest to be married to would be the empress of, uh, of, of um, Fantasia, right, from the never-ending story. <laughs> the problem the, is the, 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 emp- the nameless empress, right? Oh, she has a name. <laughs> well, she's a child. There's, well, it's well, Moonchild. You'd have to give her a name. That would be part of the marriage ceremony. You have to, like, scream her name out. I'd be, be like, Francine! That's, that's part of, the, <laughs> that's part of the, the wedding night ceremony. Yeah, exactly. So the problem is that she's... she's Except you'd, you'd probably name her mom or something. <laughs> well, the thing is, the, chi- the empress is childlike, right? She's not a child. Go she's on. <laughs> So even if you guys, because it would that would be the kingdom that it would be coolest to marry into, I think, because because it, it would be this really cool place where anything can happen. You ride on a luck dragon, all sorts of craziness. I mean, just to hang, this is sort of like a kind of bros before ladies situation where it's like I kind of want to hang out with Falcor more than I want to marry a princess, uh, but not in like a sexual way. Uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, the empress is childlike, but she's not a child. So that even if it wasn't like illegal or creepy to be married to her, everybody would look at you weird when you went out in public. So that would be kind of an issue because you'd think. You may, no, she's a childlike empress. She's thousands of years old. She's of the age of cons- no. I shouldn't even say these things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so I guess I guess I sort of wanted to say that, but I guess I can't, and I'll just say Queen Latifah. Pete, your throwaways are better than many of my answers. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. Wait, no, that's Uh, next in the alphabet, Mr. Joshua McNeil. Right. So my original answer was uh, Rapunzel, uh, just because I felt like. You know, I work for nonprofits and we'll never have any money. And frankly, being in royalty doesn't seem that lucrative right now. So I figured we could at least have like a side business making wigs. But um, I've been thinking a lot about sort of, you know, marriage and monogamy lately. I feel like the uh, the, the one thing that people keep telling you is like you, you need to settle down with somebody who, you know, the, the, the sex and that part of it, you know, goes away when you're 70. So it has to be someone you like talking to. So I'm going to go with Scheherazade. Uh, who, can, who can at least entertain you at nice. night, like when you're when you're really bored, and like you're both too old to do it. Scheherazade or the Ducktales reimagining of her Shwebazad. <laughs> uh, think think carefully before you answer, Josh. Yeah, no, I th- I'm actually considering you know fundamentalist Mormonism at the moment. <laughs> but I think you both, right? Oh man. <laughs> You know, I, you, this would also make you uh, distinctly uh, be married to one of the only characters who is banned in the vintage format of Magic the Gathering. So there you go. <laughs> in Magic Gathering, Scheherazade is the card where when you play it, you play another game, right? Like you play another game in the game, and then if you win that game, you get like the other person gets ha- loses half their life in the actual game. And there are ways that you can like cascade and copy it so that you would play infinite games within games, like Inception style. <laughs> and it's and they have a policy of never banning things in like the most powerful format of Magic the Gathering. But people so, would like 
So Magic banned it largely because they didn't want to remind people that they were losing half of their lives. <laughs> Pete, you know the the thing is, if you married Shahar, or no, no, not Pete, Josh. The thing is, if you married Shahrazad, you um, uh, and and you got a jar. And you put in a penny every time she told you a tale in the first year of marriage. And you took out a penny every time she told you a tale, one of her thousand tales, every time she gave you some tale in, her se- in your second year of marriage. You know what you'd have? A jar full of pennies. I thought you should have ten dollars and one cent. Because <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't give you any tail in the second year. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it wasn't that she didn't want to. Well, Sorry, she didn't want to God. sleep with him, but only because he was going to kill her afterwards. Um, which you know I'm not into. So I feel like I could get both stories and and sort of you know maintain a loving physical relationship not based on the fear of imminent execution. I'm sure he thought it was all about the sex. You have, you have no <laughs> understanding of marriage at all, do you? No, seriously. <laughs> it's certainly not royal marriage. It's all about the fear of execution, really. <laughs> right. Yeah, ask, ask uh, Catherine of Aragorn. No, uh, Anne Boleyn. Ask Anne, Boleyn. Anne Boleyn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anne Boleyn. All right. Uh, Mr. Schechner, Dr. Schechner, excuse me. David Schechner. Hey, how's everybody doing? Nothing. Good. <laughs> doing good thumbs up there look i've I've, I've been better i've been worse all right you know that's good or well bad i guess it's all relative uh i feel obligated to say that today is actually the uh two-year anniversary of my uh my marriage to my wife so and you're here with us and i'm here with you guys uh you know Fine. like i said <laughs> yes i have no understanding of marriage yes. at all she's yeah should probably be your answer here dave just for safety's sake uh, She's probably <laughs> cooking something for me, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she does stuff. No, no, my wife and I had a lovely day together uh, with, the, with the idea that uh, – I should also say that we have technically three wedding anniversaries every year. So, so I have two more chances to make it up for her. Uh, anyway. Wait, which, which one is this? Oh, no, let's not go into it. You don't this, have to this, spell this is, the, this is the legal Cambridge wedding. This is us you know, signing papers to, uh, to say, yeah, we're – Oh, this is, this is the city hall wedding. Yeah, this is the one that we actually wanted, as opposed to the two giant galas that our respective families threw in New York and in Turkey. So let, let's say if, if my wife were to ask any of you, let's say that I answered Princess Jasmine, but that's not actually my answer. Um, <laughs> my, my wife's name is Yasmin. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go with Princess Leia. Uh, I'd call me a traditionalist. But, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of fantastic reasons, not um, you know, certainly one of the more respectable, which is like she's clearly a woman with daddy issues. And if you guys know what that means, that means a lot of good. Only good things will come of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, wow. Dave you know, Princess Leia, I just Princess Matter. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Aren't you so, supposed yeah, to you drink know. anytime someone says meta on the podcast? <laughs> I think you should just keep drinking until the whole thing just becomes a blur of, of information. <laughs> you just like wake up the next morning next to a bunch of like open Wikipedia pages yeah. and wonder what the hell did I podcast last night? Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm going to find about it. Right. gets really mad at me when I come home intoxicated. She's like, what were you doing out there? I'm so sassy. <laughs> I love, I love the like the uh, the like the delicate edge of ethnic caricature in your Queen Latifah voice. I love you. You tread that fine. You tread that fine line like an acrobat. 
be following is a kind of text. That's all. Latifa-ishness is its own quality, distinct quality. Don't talk smack about my wife just because she happens to be African-American and a lesbian, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Mr. Swan, would you like to go now? Uh, yes, because then that will keep things in alphabetical order, and I like that. That's good. Um, I, I was in good order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been training all my life, heading more British as I get older, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, I, I was going to go for a, for a Star Wars answer as was obligated, but I wasn't going to say Leia. I was going to go for Plur Illo, who was a princess who was in Rogue Squadron for a bit. But because uh, that that would be absurdly nerdish. Um, why? I, I want to know why. Why? Why? What's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, like, because she's like tougher than Princess Leia. She's got you know piloting talent rather than just like angry eyes. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and the dowry doesn't in, the dowry doesn't involve like pieces of an exploded planet. Exactly, her planet is not is not exploded. It's just kind of there. <laughs> um, and uh, she, how yeah, can she, she with a thermite grenade? Let me ask you that. Well, I, I, if you look up her Wikipedia page, it's her kind of posing over a dead body of someone that she has just killed. So it's it's probably more like a scary thing. Anyway, no, my real answer is Helen of Troy. Ooh. Oh, because yeah. uh, I figure I could save a whole lot of trouble if I, I marry her and just let her hang out in the 21st century. Because, yeah, make, uh, make an honest woman of her, definitely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you can be the one to change her, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's her who's the problem, really. It's the, like, 30 other suitors. So, I, you know, Do I, you I'm assuming that by marrying her, I can take her out of her time zone. Uh, that, that, that the post-humans on Mars will let me do that. Um, <laughs> if anyone's read Dan Simmons' Ilium and Olympos, that is really funny. So I'm hoping that one of your listeners has, <laughs> and they're just laughing to themselves now because it's really worth it for them. And then there are, you know, lots of blank faces otherwise. Is this the face that launched a thousand ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium? The, sorry, I, I sometimes do a bad Sean Connery impression. This was, did Sean Connery narrate the Iliad at some point? <laughs> no, that's that's doctor. That's um, Doctor Faustus. That's Christopher Marlowe's Doctor Faustus. I always think oh, that right. that classical theater is better performed by Sean Connery. Oh, for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention! You know, you're yeah. the man mm-hmm. now, dog. It's much <laughs> like uh, much like Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, a, that, that's Sir Thomas Marlowe's Highlander for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it falls to me to go last. I, I would like to say I want to give my my sort of gender bending pick. That is to say, if I were a woman or if I were homosexual, my answer would be Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> without without um, uh, without question. I mean, just look at the man. He, he I don't know. He's got like, all those copyright issues right now. <laughs> I, uh, I came up with a better answer that I'll add after yours if that's okay. That's I fine. fell in love while this was going on. So, but um, I'm glad we could draw your attention, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> we were enough to captivate you during this discussion. That Tim was the, talking about from the Star Wars video game. You were, you were able to just like live out an entire courtship right while we were going through our answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, all right. Um, but uh, so my answer is um, 
My answer is Princess Beatrice of York, uh, who has incredible taste in hats. Just look at <laughs> just look at any of the photographs from the royal wedding. But but Matt, you'll say, uh, she is a real princess. She is Princess Beatrice of York. And and uh, to you, I respond, yeah. All the lesser royals are 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 kind of a joke anyway, aren't they? Like, what do what do they do? I don't know, Tim. Maybe you can answer. What do oh, they do? Well, do they just? I have literally spent today with people who have been uh, laughing at their hats and calling them ugly, because that's what British people do. Um, <laughs> tear, I've heard... tear down other this British is, people. This is how they conquered India. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we gossiped about India behind its back, and then suddenly we're in charge of... No, I can't talk about India every time I'm on here. <laughs> I just like it gets have. rides out of you. Like, it makes you uncomfortable when we start talking about India. But then, we're, then, then, then you were impeccably courteous to India's face. We had our own problems with Indians, Tim. Don't worry yeah, you about just, it. Sorry, you Tim. just dropped that on us. You didn't even... At least, you know, they li- they're Tim. still around. <laughs> Tim, if, if, if it makes you feel better, we can we can talk about South Africa. Uh, <laughs> hey, that, that, we disowned them before it got really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got about, we got out of Africa before it was cool. <laughs> 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 like Rhodesia, terrible. Yeah, okay. Post-colonial guilt, fine. But uh, yeah, um, the minor royals are ridiculous. They do spend their time partying, and apparently, this is actually something that William really doesn't like: is that um, Eugenie and Beatrice are kind of a corrupting influence on his brother, because they're like, "Oh, let's go to a posh nightclub and drink all the champagne," and William's like, "We're supposed to be the king one day," and apparently, that's like a conflict of interests. Uh, and then he gets in the bathroom wearing his Nazi uniform again. And, <laughs> take that off. You're not allowed to wear that. Uh, he's Harry, Prince Harry's cleaned up his act a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Marginal, marginally? Since, I mean, yeah, since, I the mean na- since the Nazi costume days. He hasn't done anything bad, really, that I can think of since then. And he's been fighting in Afghanistan on the front line, which has earned him a lot of respect until he was exposed by, I think it was the Drudge Report who ruined it for everyone. Um they uh, exposed Wait, was him. He, was he, he fighting was... in a Nazi uniform? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it that. I would call it a British Army uniform, uh, and those okay. are very different things. I think they almost were almost the direct antithesis of a Nazi uniform, actually, <laughs> yeah, as if they were some sort of ancestral opposition to one another. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, odd. That. What, what did the Drudge Report reveal? Uh, he was serving in Afghanistan with. Uh, Oh, I looked this up and then I forgot again. Uh, with a Gurkha regiment, I think, um, somewhere in Helmand, uh, which is like our, the place where all the British soldiers go uh, to fight the Taliban at the moment. Um, and, you know, he was doing pretty normal stuff. He was calling in airstrikes and doing foot patrols. Um, and he said it's the closest he ever felt to being a normal person. Um, because they, they've all surprisingly got involved in combat. I mean, William's job now is a, a search and rescue pilot with the 22nd RAF squadron. It's very strange that it's all got so militaristic. I found this interesting because, but actually apparently princes still do it. I thought that died out a long time ago. You think of kind of the medieval princes um, and the last king to fight was apparently George II. So that's like 200 years ago or something to 300 probably actually. But like every generation of princes has been involved in one of the British conflicts. You know, their uncle was in the Falklands, their grandfather was in the second world war and their great grandfathers both kind of great yeah great grandfather and like great great uncle fought in the first world war and i was kind of surprised that the princes did this much actual fighting on the front line because they are high value targets 
Yeah. Well, that's also, I mean, that's kind of like the basis of the medieval social contract, right? I mean, that's, but like the whole point of monarchy is like, we will do the fighting and in return, we own all of your stuff. Well, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the idea of medieval social contract is, is a little, uh, misleading, isn't it? Because the idea of social contract was, <laughs> was the end of, was the end of the medieval kind of era and beginning yeah, it, of the modern era. It's, it's less like the medieval social contract and more like the medieval, uh, end user license agreement. <laughs> right? Like you can't. You know, except, repl- they had the excuse that they couldn't read it. We just don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> um, I feel like, oh, Pete, you have one. You have an answer that you want to get before before I do a bunch of business and plugs. Oh, about my wife. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, wife. About your See, lovely wife. In a time gods, warlords, and kings, a land in turmoil cried out for a spouse, and she was Xena, a mighty princess. For- <laughs> Her courage will change the world, but probably not her husband, because people don't change in that way, even if you have a shock rom and a leather bust. <laughs> so, yeah. So, would, you, would, you take, would you take the name Gabrielle? Uh, no, um, she could live with us. She could be our nanny or whatever. <laughs> be fine that'd be fine i wouldn't take her name i don't think i don't think she'd appreciate me taking the name of her lesbian lover that she would have her, <laughs> not, not her, her hidden her hidden lesbian lover that's true it's all subtext it's all subtext um really so uh, deep subtext so all right so i'm i'm determined um a, a couple things happened since last uh, since the last episode. Our last episode uh, with Zach, uh, known as Jick on on Kingdom of Loathing, was the most downloaded episode of the Overthinking It podcast. Not in history, but it it had the most downloads in the first week in history. Which uh, which leads me to, to say this: his audience is much much bigger than ours is <laughs> because he can he can uh, he can increase our download numbers n- not you know not by like single or double digit percentages but by a, a single digit multiple um <laughs> just by appearing on our wow. show and uh he happens to be like he he's one of the good guys he like like a lot of the guests that we've had we found um people who are not only sort of uh not only interested in overthinking at the site but who are you know fantastic smart funny people in our own right so if you are uh, if you are a new listener uh, because Zach was on the Overthinking a podcast last week, welcome. Uh, we hope you'll subscribe in iTunes. Uh, leave a you know leave a rating that helps people to um, to find us. And we're uh, we're very glad to have our uh, our new audience, the new people listening to us. You are welcome. Also, yeah. Also, if you could tell me how to defeat the troll king in Knobs uh, Cobb. That would be really useful. <laughs> uh, Man, it sounds I like am, I missed a great one. I, uh, I am flailing. I also want to take a second and, and textualize the subtext. Uh, Tim, we're looking at you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what up? Not sure I have such a built-in audience. Uh, but, uh, this, this is why people stand on street corners, Tim. Women love accents. <laughs> this is our strategy: is that the ladies love accents. So if we bring on someone with an accent, thousands. So we, we could double our ladies' percentage to like two. Yeah, <laughs> basically oh, saying like I can be the Colin Firth of the Overthinking It podcast. Yes, if yes. you could do that, that would be awesome. If you could be like oh. Mister Over Darcy, that would be great. <laughs> that would- I, I have a feeling like <laughs> I, I end up being more King Speech Firth than, uh, than Darcy Firth, but uh, you know, maybe be like Bridget Jones Firth or 
Maybe we can find some middle ground on this. When we start cutting you off, you just yell, I have a voice! (laughs) (laughs) I I would even accept a pre-acting career classically trained pianist, Colin Firth. Really? Yeah, he he, uh, had a relatively successful career as a classical pianist. Oh, wow. Well, you know, women there love you go. Pian. Uh, Jack News got a crush. <laughs> <laughs> Shut um, up! I don't have a crush. You're what? a pianist. Oh, I have more. <laughs> I have more business I want to do. Oh, we recorded a new episode of the Overview. That it will take a while to release this one because um, apparently, after three years of making a podcast, I've forgotten how audio engineering works, and I was recording most of it using the wrong microphone. So I am going through the Overview and redubbing most <laughs> of what I said. <laughs> so that because I can I can break off I can I can break off everyone else's I can break off my mic from everyone else's. It's a um, deadly game, Dolomite, and the stakes are your life. <laughs> so uh, so I'm doing that, but uh, we we recorded last weekend um, an overview on the uh, uh, oft overlooked classic Ghostbusters two, available on Netflix streaming, and. Um, uh, we did it. Pete and I did it with special guest, uh, noted uh, film and television composer Bear McCreary, composer of wow. Battlestar Galactica, Caprica, uh, and so forth. And Bear came on with us, and so we talk a lot. We talk a lot about the music, and there's a um, there's a lot that's interesting that we say. So keep your eyes peeled for that in about a week's time or a week and change. Uh, I will get that up on the site and out to you once I'm done re-recording it. I'm going to I'm going to change everything I say so that my co-podcasters look really stupid. I'm going to say Again. I'm going to say what they say like a minute before they do and then when they say it I'll be like I just said that <laughs> <laughs> by uh, <laughs> by redu- by redubbing the um uh, the whole thing. Yes, so Ghostbusters 2 with internet celebrity Bear McCreary, uh, and also kind of real celebrity if you've ever been to Comic-Con. So um, what does is, what is Bear think of Higher and Higher? Or is that going to spoil it? Well, it's uh, we talk about Higher and Higher, we talk about some of the uh, we talk about some of the music, and we talk about the score. Um, but it's interesting, the thing, the thing that Bear said, and Pete can back me up here because he was there as well, yeah. uh, was that it's, uh, the interesting thing about um, about Ghostbusters 2 is how it's kind of uh, it's a liminal movie in that it it bridges from the 1980s to the 1990s musically and that there is both there is both kind of 80s and 90s music uh, deployed in the film and it's um, uh, it's uh, you know I don't know it kind of exists at a weird sort of uh, a weird point right at the beginning of the 90s as we're emerging as we're transitioning from the 80s to the 90s it's it's that it's not quite a girl and not not yet a woman. That movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've actually always thought that the transition to the '90s was really typified by Pink Slime. So that that's. <laughs> yeah, I only add that he has a great deal of reverence to the for the score of the original Ghostbusters and for the composer of the score of the original Ghostbusters, and so the sort of his absence is kind of notable in Ghostbusters too. Like like you can tell the the divergence from the original movie, and we talk about that a little bit. It's really interesting. Ghostb- so. the the first Ghostbusters was composed by Elmer Bernstein, who is a you know famous film film composer, like very good. Not the, not the kind of guy you would imagine doing. Ghostbusters. Not that comedies are bad, but he, uh, you know, you think of like, you know, I don't know, Elmer Bernstein, composer of Martin Scorsese's The Age of Innocence or any of the other like. Well, and uh, On the Waterfront, yeah, right? Like, like uh, the arty movies that he did. Um, not, you know, uh, a composer of like Airplane, Animal House, Stripes. <laughs> 
and Ghostbusters <laughs> too. Though that is that is the thing. But yeah, so Bear talks a lot about about Elmer Bernstein. But we, I, it's not just music. We get into a lot of other things. Anyway, I'll do the yeah. I'll do well, the I'll do the real commercial for it when when we actually have a product up on the website. But you can find us, Starship Troopers and the Karate Kid um, on the website now. And third, the last thing I want to say is that. Um, uh, that I, I've been brought around by commenters and by emailers and things like this. Uh, also, Robin, Robin from Twitter, who helped us get the overthinking it uh, Twitter account um, because someone else had it, though they were a deadbeat and hadn't used it for a year, years. Uh, hey, Robin, what's up? Um, who Robin left a voicemail. Uh, we'll we'll do a listener feedback show. I don't know if it'll be the next show because I think we have to go back to the summer movie previews because we're we've uh, gone way beyond what we pre. Reviewed. So part of it will be a review and part of it will be a preview. That's probably next week, though. I don't know. Never trust anything I say about the schedule on this, <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but uh, after that, but, you know, <laughs> before 2011 is over, we will get to it, a listener feedback. Uh, we will get to a listener feedback show. Anyway, I will, I will be on the next show and we'll talk about nothing but the Thor movie. And it will probably involve me yelling Thor really loud every couple of don't, don't yell. Your mic is going kind of squirrely. Uh, it's being that is the power head. of Thor. Um, all right. So, uh, bam, we're in. Uh, time to – wow, only half an hour into the show. We're finally ready to start. Um, I, I think, it's like the royal wedding, actually. I think that, uh, I think that we should give um, – uh, Tim, the the ability to kind of set the agenda uh, for what we we talk about. Tim, do you want to do you want to kind of provide an intro or you know give your thoughts as a uh, as an actual British person on the um, you know the royal wedding? I I gather it was a holiday, right? So um, that means Good Friday. Good Friday was off. Easter weekend was off. Easter Monday is off. Yep. You could take vacation for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, the royal wedding was a national holiday. Then the weekend and Monday is the May Bank holiday, right? So you could you could have if you were inclined to take uh, to take three days holiday from work, you could uh, you could have a week and a half off uh, this this past week and a half. So that's um, a that's a fantastic like reception gift. That's way better than like a picture frame. That they gave the English people. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I shirked on my wedding gifts, McNeil. <laughs> you did not. Yeah, you didn't. Give Next me time, I want two weeks paid vacation, David. <laughs> so this this is actually technically a tax holiday, right? In that your tax dollars paid for it, or your tax dollars, I guess, paid for it. Uh, well, yeah, but not not a huge amount, actually. I think it only works out about eighteen pence per person, and that's not terrible. The royal family doesn't come in as being that expensive overall, compared to like nuclear submarines that don't work without like American codes. But um, you, yes, say. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, that's the code. Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do not cancel it. Cancel it. Anyway, um, yeah, but it's, I, you have to put it in on a keypad, so it's whatever the numerical equivalent of uh, of USA USA is. Yeah, we, right? we managed to misspell it somehow. I suppose. Right. I suppose that would be what, like uh, eight eight seven two eight seven two. <laughs> well, the Can we try to start that as a chant? That like <laughs> eight seven two. That's funny. That's everyone. Everyone who leaves a voicemail at at, uh, at the over two zero three two eight five six four zero one. Anyone who calls us, you must now chant eight seven two eight seven two. Sorry, or, uh, sorry, Tim. We're 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 ugly Americans, and we're interrupting you. And you're you're so that, that's cur- true. You're so None cur- of you go to finishing school. This is terrible. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm not interrupting you, man. Zena would kick my butt if I did that. So would Queen Latifah. Both of them would. She'd sass me, and then the other one would hit me with a stick. Hey, Pete, uh, I think I think Zena and Queen Latifah are off in the other room. Can you go check on them? Oh, yeah. Hold on a minute. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I, I did watch the first half of the royal wedding, um, but then because it was a holiday, I was going to see my aunt, uh, so I listened to the rest of it on the radio. But I had a notebook. I've scribbled huge amounts of things down, so I don't really have time to go into all of them because otherwise we would be here all night. And as fun as that would be, um, you know, the listeners, etc. Um, loads of people, um, the commentators on the radio and the TV, were saying, doesn't she look happy? Which is, in fact, an incredible thing. I mean, if two billion people were watching your wedding, you would be terrified. I have no idea how she kept that uh, smile on her face the whole time. Because um, it didn't look forced. And little thing, a little, little thing called Bootox. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little yes. thing called like marrying into the one of the world's richest families, well, too. Yeah. Like, that, that was is, a happy moment. Is, Definitely, there was lots of moments that caused a lot of laughter in our house because we're not the richest family in the world by a long way. Um, and uh, so the, the there swans. is a point. In- well, there, there, are, there is a Viscount Swan, I think, but he's no relative of ours as far as I know. I think it's Viscount. I can never remember. Um, but um, Viscount got of- bought out by Comcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Com count, I think it was. <laughs> count Com count popular like you, sir. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, the uh, there was a bit in the vows, obviously, for richer, for poorer, at which they both gave the kind of little smile that would be funny if it wasn't for the fact that we're in a time of terrible, terrible austerity um, <laughs> at the moment. You know, record-breaking unemployment and all the rest of it. But did, it, did, they, at, did they smile at the richer part or the poor? Was it like poor? They oh, smiled. That's or richer, they smiled at the poorer part. They smiled at the poorer part in the same way that they would have laughed out loud if it wasn't horribly inappropriate. They gen- they genuinely did find it funny, which is kind of sad, but kind of unavoidable because we found it funny uh, in a slightly ironic way. Uh, and yeah, there was a bit they said they had written like a special prayer at one point, and they said, "Help us to give generously of our time, our patience, and our energy." And we were just like, "What about your wealth?" But in sickness and in health and in the utter destruction of the British Health Service, right? That's just... <laughs> he, he, like though, uh, uh, the British royal family, compared with a lot of the global billionaires, like you know Carlos Slim in uh, Mexico or like George Soros or something like, they're not even a blip on the radar, right? They're they're the the wealth of the British royal family is measured in hundreds of millions of of. Uh, Units of currency, right, and not in uh, yeah. not in billions of units of the, the currency. The queen, the queen is less rich than J.K. Rowling, uh, right? As of that, a couple of years ago, so that gives you. She is very rich. She owns a lot of land, obviously. But the thing is, it is essentially which she owns. She owns. Job. She owns personally in a lot of uh, a lot of land, or she holds a lot of land in the name of the British people. Well, I suppose she holds it in the name of the the, the crown. So it's like, you know, you have to get through a number of levels of abstraction before you get back to the British people. I see. So, but yeah. you know, like the Isle of Man and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, by the way, Zena and Queen Latifah weren't there and I'm pissed. So, <laughs> where, where did they go? They, I mean, they were the reason I, I, I don't mean to cause trouble in your marriage, Pete, but they were making eyes at each other a little while ago. Really? Holy crap, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was surprised by how little it angered me. 
because, you know, I didn't come into it as a Republican, but I didn't really come into it as a royalist. And I was kind of just like, well, it was a wedding. It went kind of nicely. Nothing went terribly wrong. It was kind of fine. And, uh, you know, they reckon that about 20% of British people are Republicans. But uh, this is apparently the lowest level in about 15 years, I about since when Princess Diana died. And her spectre, obviously, was all over this. Again, as much as there were lots of points as references to wealth, there were lots of points that referenced, I felt, uh, her failed marriage. I say failed, her broken up marriage. Um, and so there were lots of points during the vows, like, oh, yes, you'll be together till death do you part and all the rest of it. And they kept on coming back to it. And you could just think that he was probably thinking about his, his parents' marriage that kind of was doomed from the start because the first time Charles and Diana met, her chaperone was Camilla Parker Bowles, kind of the one who Charles always loved. And so it's a real kind of tragic story that hides behind the, well, I hesitate to say happy story, at least, you know, successful story of the wedding. Um, and I, so I guess there was lots of subtext that certainly was not commented on at the time by the commentators which i kind of was surprised by because the reason we know all this stuff all the kind of sordid affairs both literal and figurative of these marriages is because our press is obsessed and we as a people are somewhat obsessed they are like ultra celebrities in a way and you know it was the paparazzi's chasing diana that essentially killed her uh, if you don't believe the conspiracy theories which most people don't um you know, they have actually. Been... I, I kind of thought that when you just revealed that uh, Camilla was her chaperone at the first meeting, that we were hearing the British equivalent of a crackpot conspiracy theory. Like the, <laughs> you know, like the, there must have been a second gunman equivalent in Britain. <laughs> no, no, I think that's relatively well documented. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, I don't they know. all are, Tim. All these theories <laughs> have lots of documentation. That's true. I think I read it in a News International newspaper, so maybe I shouldn't trust it. But uh, it, it wasn't compelling me to, you know, kill non-Americans, so it can't have been that bad. Um, so, yeah, but I guess going back to the Republican thing, most people want William to be king. They do not want Charles to be king uh, in Britain. He's There's too no, kind of... They don't, out- they don't have any say over that, though, right? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. You know, that is not how a hereditary monarchy works. But the British people aren't necessarily brilliant at knowing what things they can and can't affect. Um, mm-hmm. Tell it to Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they totally weren't making out. I was over there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I was going to try and fit in a joke about them going on a legendary journey, but I know that that is the male counterpart series, so it just wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Kevin Sorbo, Lucy Lawless, Queen Latifah fan fiction would be the strangest yes. thing ever. <laughs> Surely like, the laws oh, of Hercules. <laughs> Hercules, like we don't get along because we have different cultures. Like I like to listen to my music while I drive in the car, and you like to raise goats and fight <laughs> hydras. But but Pete, you didn't say Hercules. You said Kevin Sorbo. I was assuming you were going to go Andromeda style on that. Oh, that would really blow everybody's mind, now, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's called the Conqueror, and uh, and yeah. one of the and, and someone from Battlestar Galactica, and Big Mama from Big Mama. No, Big Mama's house is Martin Lawrence. He should be in it too. Anyway. 
What should I'm be? getting away from the topic, which is okay. So first of all, I think it it does bear some small mention because I'm sure we have at least some listeners who, when you say that there are Republicans in the UK, don't know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yes, suspect. yes. Sorry, yeah. I should be more clear. They are not yeah. the sort of people who think that Barack Obama may not have been born in the USA. They are the sort of people who think that we should have an elected president, not really in the U.S. sense, I guess more in the French sense or the Israeli sense, in that they are our representative, our figurehead, and kind of a symbol of us as a people. Uh, they believe that the Queen should abdicate. They're not, wait, wait, you know. You want exactly what you have now. You just want to elect them. I know. Yeah. You, um, you want I, you want Queen is- Amidala is what you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of funny because here the Republicans are the monarchists, which is uh... – <laughs> It's like restore yes, the house of Halliburton. <laughs> rights of billionaires. Um, the, house of, the house of Saud actually. Well, yeah, um, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Zing. Mega burn. <laughs> but yes, so many – I mean there have been little debates on TV and stuff and Republicans have said in the US. USA, anyone can grow up to be president, and we want this for our country, not just a little family that you have to marry into by going to the right university. It's like, well, not exactly. Not anyone can be elected to be president, and we'd probably choose someone stupid. We'd probably choose, like, David Beckham or Tony Blair, who would both be terrible choices for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. The, queen, the queen has dignity and practice, and she's been training her children their whole lives basically to do her job and to represent the nation without doing too many stupid things uh, her husband notwithstanding um you know she every week she had tea with william when he was at high school just kind of preparing him slowly for the fact that he is almost inevitably going to be king someday and you know the commonwealth is a lot of people and she kind of has to represent britain and the commonwealth um to everyone. And I think the Queen is very popular. Uh, even Republicans kind of respect her to an extent, but they think she should be the last monarch. But I can't see an elections going well. It would be ex-politicians, former prime ministers, and yeah, imagine Queen Thatcher, although she's probably a little too out of it for it. But, you know, King Blair, it's a terrifying thought. So yeah, that is what the Republican movement is like. I think that like, we're not going to be truly happy with our rulers, whoever we have. We're British. That's not what we do. <laughs> our celebrations were restrained and at least a bit ironic. Um, that's our national character. And actually, I mean, our whole national character was kind of changed by Princess Diana's death. It was kind of our first public show of emotion for someone dying uh, as a nation. And that was completely unprecedented, really. And it hasn't really been followed up that much. And some people almost think of it as kind of an embarrassing moment when the collective stiff upper lip slipped. And so, yeah, emotionally, we don't really know what to do apart from grumble uh, a bit. So if we elected someone, I don't think it would be very popular either. Can I if you elected here, oh, uh, yep. I, you know, Victoria Beckham already has the name. And I think Queen's... <laughs> Queen Spice is really what like needs to happen next in that country. <laughs> well, she was never the one who wore the Union Jack. That's the trouble. Not Pink. <laughs> no, it was, it was yeah, Ginger. Where's her right? sense of Where's her sense of patriotism? Where's her Union Jack pin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have that. We have the alternative vote referendum. That's our heated political debate at the moment. That's to mudslinging. What is that? Is that instant runoff voting? 
Uh, yes, basically, you number the candidates, whoever gets the lowest number of first preferences eliminated, and it spreads out, so forth and so on. It's quite simple, but the no campaign would make you think that all of the British people are basically incapable of deciding on six numbers in sequence. Despite the fact they do it on the X Factor, you know, every season. Simon Cowell is, a, is politically revolutionary. Yes, actually, he did want to do that. He was really pushing for the, our first ever televised debates, and he wanted to do more to make British elections more X Factory. So it might work. We'd certainly have more people voting than our terrible low turnouts, but they'd probably be voting for the wrong reasons. Well, right, exactly. exactly. Like uh, Susan Boyle would lose to some hip hop dance group crew. That's true, but maybe they have a progressive taxation policy. <laughs> there's something that you said tim that i wanted to follow up on because you said that like in america there's an argument in america anybody can grow up to be president in america we have another th- another sort of weird cultural tradition which is that every little girl is supposed to want to grow up to be a princess uh yes. which is like a very, a very progressive idea uh it's like oh you should be a princess you should only be a princess which is like totally infeasible um but like is there that sense among among uh british people who actually have princesses and, and um you know not just uh, latifah related royalty um like that that british girls like aspire to princesshood or that it's a cool thing or is is that sort of like a, an american thing or, or what's the deal what's the deal with princesses and their silly hats oh, oh, all british it. little girls want to grow up to be first ladies is what it is <laughs> uh, i want obama arms i want michelle obama's <laughs> arms i want it toned on a train in P90X. Yeah. Awesome. Um, no, no, no one want Prince... Lady Bird Johnson arms? Am I alone <laughs> in this? Yeah, they all play of rescuing the portrait of Washington or whatever from the White House. <laughs> when it's on fire. Dolly, Dolly Madison calves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to have, so, I wanna have so... scams like Eleanor Roosevelt. It would be excellent. Oh, man. Let's not turn this into an inquisition against Timothy for um, for brutal acts performed during the War of eighteen twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Pray wait, tell wait. why not. <laughs> yeah, that was Actually, a, that's a good we point. I, I, you in. We burnt down your capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I was, I was up you call it a stalemate. In your defense, you also bombed the crap out of Baltimore, so it's sort of like a neutral move. <laughs> I was up in Canada last week, and they are still proud of that. Like, it was brought yes. up more than yep. once about uh, <laughs> burning down the White House. Yep. Fair enough. They also were talking about how uh, apparently the, you know, the Queen has visited Canada one time, and, like, people still talk about it. It was, like, 20 years ago or something, and they are just, you know, they, they were ecstatic about it, which I find interesting. Like, I sort of expected the rest of the Commonwealth to be sort of over the monarchy, but it well, doesn't Aust- seem like that's Australia... True kind of is heading towards republicanism faster than anyone else in the commonwealth i didn't really know about canada the only canada source i have is margaret atwood and she's not exactly just your average canadian uh so i haven't really seen much opinion on it but you know they have her on the coin still that makes a big difference i think um but yeah i think Actually, that- i'll point out if you go to the wiki page for uh the queen of canada i guess you're redirected to monarchy of canada and uh queen elizabeth ii of england is listed as the incumbent so I guess maybe, maybe they're going to vote. I mean, maybe I'm just <laughs> hazy on the definition of incumbent, but yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Yes, I think that I think that Kate and William might be going to Canada in as their first royal visit. I'm sure I yeah, saw no, that somewhere. It's their, it's their honeymoon, and people are psyched. Which well, Canada's a lovely place. Hot. 
It is lovely, but it's not like, you know, Cancun is a honeymoon. Well, my, my parents' honeymoon. They, they, they couldn't very well go to, like, the south coast of Spain, even though it has a denser British population than some parts of Britain. It's not very royally. No, I suppose. That's true. I guess they're probably going to stay out of Montreal, right? Like, phones. <laughs> Well, they don't speak the language, I guess. <laughs> I think you yeah. go to Niagara. Niagara is a pretty popular honeymoon destination. Yeah, isn't that where Clark Kent goes with Lois Lane, and then the kid falls down the waterfall for like thirty-five minutes? Right. And <laughs> well, Prince William is a rescue helicopter pilot, so he might, you know, have to do a similar thing. That is Provided true. There's man. a helicopter on hand. I mean, that's the thing that he kind of doesn't have over Superman. About the princesses thing, yes, all little British girls do want to be princesses because we have Disney too. I think Disney is the real. <laughs> like the Disney Disney's princesses the- thing, they have been throwing that at us since, what, the 30s? And mm. they've only been getting better at it. Um, so, yes, definitely. I've, I've heard of many children who wanted to watch the wedding, which would otherwise for children be a very boring TV show. Um, and would be in the way of all their regular programs at that time of day. Um, I guess because the, difference, the, woman the difference is that princess. they can be princesses, right? Well, like here we don't have an option. Like there's, there's, there's a non-zero probability of British girls becoming princesses. In theory, anyone I think could marry uh, the uh, prince. Um, right. you know, prince Harry. It's, is, it's like being president in the United States. But uh, the uh, they would have to take British citizenship, but that can be sorted out. I mean, p- the Prince Philip, who is the current Prince Consort, was basically Greek. You know, they had to make him a British citizen basically the day before he got married to the Queen. Um, so it is possible, and I've heard rumours that a lot of American girls went to St Andrews when they heard Prince William was applying, um, uh, that so that they would have the chance to meet him and, in theory, marry him and become a princess. Now, whether that's true and why it should just be American girls who did that and not British girls, well, people have accused Kate Middleton and her family of doing just that. Apparently, they're nicknamed among Prince William's richer friends, and that's richer than a family with a personal fortune of 30 million, the Middletons, um, have accused them of being wisterias because they're constantly climbing, which is sort of the level of insult we have among our upper classes. Uh, this, but, we need we we need more like uh, you know plant based insults here. In the <laughs> Horticulture, I, I, horticulture based horticulture, jokes. I was about to say. I, I misheard you as as listeria originally. <laughs> wow, so I, I, that is vile. That is just disgusting. <laughs> they you like are surgical protection. <laughs> um, so uh, just just I want to break in really quick with a, a news update. Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. The, uh, we're talking about Afghanistan earlier. Uh, apparently, President Obama is about to go on TV, and according to the New York Times, he's going on TV to announce that Osama bin Laden is dead. So, uh, breaking yeah. news. If only breaking this news. were live. Yeah, so tomorrow, those of you who are paying wait, no wait. attention to the world will be very excited to hear that. I'm just going to go the, the on the Facebook are- and break this news to the British. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them. I know that they are not going to be inside because they have a stiff upper lip and aren't concerned by things in general um, well, he but tried yeah to, to al-qaeda tried to kill us too it's just that we grow al-qaeda in yorkshire rather than training camps in pakistan um mm-hmm. you got to outsource that stuff man that's what we've been doing that for years so. yeah well outsourcing <laughs> it to the north kind of counts as a different country for most southerners you know, the BBC. Uh, so that's one of the quintessential problems of the UK. You keep your foreign countries too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're connected to us. 
that's the trouble. Yep, yep, yep. You guys really should have kept Hadrian's Wall like an up and coming, you know, operational <laughs> thing. By the way, anybody, like, anybody like, catch like, my like American math where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the American math like Mexico is much farther away from America than like Wales is to England, despite the fact that they're both next to each other. <laughs> That's totally the American way of thinking. Mexico, Canada is far away from America. <laughs> Well, I suppose it just depends on what's far away from where you are right now. It's, you know, what, an hour's drive for me to get to Wales? You know. Yeah, yeah, Pete, I think you're closer to Wales than to Mexico right now. (laughs) Yep. It's probably Uh, closer closer to the moon than to New York City, I think. Uh, so wait, we just, say like, that we, that's not true. <laughs> are we just waiting right now for Obama to talk about Osama bin Laden no, we're, being I'm waiting for the uh, the pundits at Fox News to claim that <laughs> Obama learned about this when a mutual uncle called him up to Because <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, uh, I say we, NATO killed Saif Gaddafi today as well. Mm. Um Libya claims that we uh, almost blew up Gaddafi himself. They were all in the house. Instead, we got Saif, who, you know, legitimate military target, and some of his grandchildren, less yeah. so. Well, um, and there was, there, was, uh, there was this sort of midget guy in a um, courtesan dress that said, I'm sorry, your Gaddafi is in a different castle. <laughs> but, oh, man. No? This, Look, nobody this... said Princess Peach. I needed to bring it up somehow. Yes, I am stunned by that. When I... When I, when I heard the question i really thought that was going to be one of them and zelda no princess zelda no nintendo yeah, right. ever talk tonight um but the thing that kind of connects the royal wedding and uh gaddafi is that there was a fly past of planes after the kiss uh which they do on the balcony rather than in the church like a normal couple um and first there were some world war ii planes and that was kind of normal and then there were tornadoes which are the specific planes we're using in libya to bomb gaddafi's forces and they i think had had to be brought back from Libya for the occasion. And we brought wow. back thousands of troops from Afghanistan to line the, uh, line the uh, road that they were going along. It's just like a real disturbing kind of... These pilots, one day they are celebrating the royal wedding and one day they are going to be blowing up the heir to the throne of Libya. Yes, well, you, hope just, you just hope they got their orders right in each given situation. <laughs> yep, I've heard that yeah, one. <laughs> Do not blow up Buckingham Palace. That doesn't just lose you your job. No. Or don't drop like another... rose petals on Gaddafi. I had another question <laughs> about the monarchy and about republicanism. So if, say that Britain decided that it was going to elect a person to be sort of the head of state, right? Yeah. Would they still use the unicorn and the lion? And relatedly, why do you use a unicorn and a lion? Neither <laughs> of which live anywhere near Britain, except maybe at the zoo and in my dreams when I'm sleeping there. Actually, you know, and history. There were tropical beasts, or what are now thought to be tropical and sort of African beasts, uh, living on the British Isles up until uh, sort of the fall of the Roman Empire or so. Like the, the Sahara Desert, as we currently know it, has only been a desert since about, let's say, the fifth or sixth century uh, AD. Uh, and, and so, and, and, and like, and before that, it was in Yorkshire. Yeah, before right. that, it was British people riding unicorns. Before that, before that, it was a relatively temperate steppe climate, and you'd have like migration. You'd have like you know hippos that could have migrated sort of roughly through the whole of North Africa and could have ended up in Britain and did. Uh, you find oh. hippo bones, uh, you know, only a couple of feet under the topsoil in Britain. They're excellent swimmers. 
They're awesome. They are hungry, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the lions are really uh, just a British symbol. We have them everywhere. We have, you know, three lions on our sports teams. We had Richard the Lionheart. I guess he took that as his heraldry. So we're talking about, what, 1100s there? End of the uh, 12th century, start of the 13th. Um, and I think it's just because it was a powerful symbol. I'm not sure where the unicorn comes from, uh, because Lester. it's a from true Patriot. <laughs> okay, I was going to make a joke about a work, It's like a working no, it class a, animal. It was, one of, it was like one of the houses that eventually took over, I think, had that had the unicorn as a symbol and then married into the Plantagenets, who I think had the lion. Okay, so that's way back. That's okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, know back that history. Is it before or after the Empress Matilda? Because she's something that I looked up once and then after that nothing and then war of the roses a little bit you know our history is very patchy i mean they right. teach us basically they say you know this kind of slang not slang what is it i can't think of the word at this hour being you know 10 to 4 um but they say Hodgepodge. henry the eighth henry the eighth and, and hitler that's what people learn in british history mm, those right. are like the t- topics that our school children learn about mm-hmm. so we're taught that we've only had two presidents before. Um, Is one of them Washington and one of them Lincoln? Yeah, that's no, it, it, these days, it's the two terms of Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have Reagan one and Reagan two. Yep. Wait, you're saying he was a clone? Yes. Yep. And he wore a stovepipe stove pipe hat. And he not saved not yet actually, but but give it With a couple the, years. Yeah, give it a <laughs> the, the Star Wars laser system inside the hat. Is that how he did it? <laughs> That was, uh, he hid that inside uh, his Nancy. <laughs> it's like her head just popped back, and there was this advanced guidance system that came out of it. There's a, um, I mean, uh, now Henry VIII has been replaced by a viewing of the Tudors, right? Uh, with uh, <laughs> John Rhys Davies. Though, in fact, Henry VIII looked more like John Rhys, uh, no, John Rhys Myers. I, I'm thinking of it because he looked more like John Rhys Davies than John Rhys Myers, I think. Yes. Right? Well, uh, they, they really should do like a sequel. With him, like in season one, he kind of looked kind of like him. But the stuff that happens in the later seasons—not that I've I've watched it, but I've read about it—that counts, right? That's good enough. Um, That's he, more than most of us have done about this. Yeah, stuff. boo, <laughs> boo, reading America. Yeah, <laughs> eight right, seven uh, two, eight <laughs> seven two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um. He should have got a lot fatter, and they just didn't bother because I think a lot of people watch the show because he wasn't fat. <laughs> I think, you know, like, it's fan service. It's fan service for dieters. He should have got, yeah, he should, yeah, it was a, it was a totally pro Anna kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's. He, yeah, it's it, the, if you've seen the Tudors, it's like skins. It's like 16th century skins. You know, it's uh, um, it's softcore pornography, really. But history not so good. <laughs> We're coming up on the hardcore. No, it's about as realistic to history as skins is to the real life of you know 16 to 18 year olds. No, that is that is what what sixth form is like in in Bristol. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, if, if so, then it just doesn't translate any further up towards the Midlands. Have you, you managed to watch the Inbetweeners yet? I have not. Should that's the, that's like our real Six Formers documentary comedy rather than Skins. <laughs> Anyhow, that's like a distraction. Yeah, we, we, maybe we'll do it on TFT over the over the <laughs> yeah. summer. 
Actually, while I was on a distraction, because you've had Bear back on, does that mean you're going to do an episode with uh, Raya Yabra? Are you going back to the real, real old guests? <laughs> Raya, the- well, it's, it's, uh, it's funny that you should say no one is interested in this, I'm sure, but I'll say <laughs> um, Raya and Bear were married this past year. And oh, so really? that, that's, how they, awesome. um, that's how they both came to the, uh, uh, to the show. And, and Rhea, I shouldn't say this because uh, Bear and I are good friends, but Rhea was my first girlfriend when I was 13 years old. And uh, we held hands, we held hands like, uh, like our lives depended on it. Like it, was the yeah. last, like it was our last night on earth. We held and then, hands- you, then you did heroin and like hung out with the Skins kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. We, um, uh, right. Tony's right fit, you know, um, we, um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, um, we even like, we didn't even hold hands. We intertwined fingers while holding hands. That's how hot and heavy we were, uh, back Damn, when we were, that, that's back, back holding back second when base, we were 13. Right? So that is, I mean, it's not because I'm cool. That is, that is how I met, um, uh, that's how I met Bear, uh, and we got to be buds. But he—he he is a—he's uh, a super cool person. Yeah, it's what did we talk about? Oh, we talked with Ray about the music industry. She she gave kind of a because Ray is a person who's been actually signed to a bunch of different um, uh, labels. Uh, she's had a couple of different uh, record deals, and the the labels keep going out of business because the music industry is uh, you know is. I, going going tits up, and so the um, <laughs> I mean every it's, time it, you oh. torrent, Ray Yabra cries a single tear. No, I, I think she actually Don't pirate music. No, Something I think like I think she actually loves it because you know when uh, when she makes money, it's from the live shows, and so the I, I've often thought this: they should just give the records away at this point. Um, as a uh, you know, as a promotion for the um, for the concerts, which is where the artists make the real money anyway, and you know, buy a T-shirt. Like you want to support an artist, don't buy a don't buy a uh, don't buy a record, buy a T-shirt. You want to support overthinking it, <laughs> to buy a <laughs> buy a T-shirt. Don't hey, I'm wearing my t-shirt slow clap for that. Now. <laughs> but buy a T-shirt and the overview, right, Matt? <laughs> yeah, the the overview. But honestly, the margins are higher. The margins are higher on the T-shirts after the uh, after the credit card fee are paid and the the you know e-commerce hosting is is paid like it's you know you're better off buying a t-shirt i think think you should buy a t-shirt you're probably going to spill a drink on that t-shirt too so you should probably buy several just in case (laughs) or the um shana's uh shana's poster shana's female character uh flow chart poster or as the british say shana you're probably going to spill soda on that too so you should get several copies of the poster (laughs) We should take a page from Glenn Beck and start selling gold to the gullible on overthinking it. <laughs> we could do like a whole thing about like overthinking economic collapse and then sell gold. Well, well, I tell you what, in Britain, there's anyone who is anyone will buy your gold. So I tell you what, I'll get the gold from all the British people who need instant cash and I'll send it to you in the mail and then you can sell it on and then somehow we profit after a middle step that has to be left blank. I have, I mean, I haven't even, to be maintained. I have an even better, um, I have an even better plan. You know, I have $10 million in the bank. 
but I <laughs> go on. <laughs> I I actually can't access it because I don't have any any seed money. And as we all learned from the cascading power failure in New York several go years on. ago, a bank needs money coming in in order for money to be going out. So I actually don't have the capital I need to access the immense amounts of capital I have stored in the bank. So if you, uh, the overthinking it listeners, send me <laughs> the paltry sum of of five hundred thousand dollars. I actually can access the five, the ten million dollars I have in the bank, of which I will send you five. I promise. So um, uh, you can go ahead and email that to our PayPal account. Just click the donate button on the overthinkingit.com homepage. Well, I guess we could convince Catherine Middleton to do that now, right? Because she's got all this unlimited wealth and that she's never had before. You and, know, uh, and her wealth has increased by a factor of about three or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and um, she is not a common... <laughs> Which is what happens to me when I find a quarter left over in the laundry machine. Her wealth has increased many times fold because she's entered into a marriage of lasting love and companionship that makes her richer because she has, uh, you know, that that's special bond you know that special something that uh you know that everybody you, you, hopes you, for that, in this that, that mean, special uh, something uh, is, is the eventual ability to dissolve the government is that the special something <laughs> i mean i, I was thinking of a uniform. whole lot of bonds um you know <laughs> some special Fair royal enough. bank you guys, somewhere you guys get the romance of royalty and like why it is that we keep these feudal landowning relationships going <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think the real reason for the wedding was like the tax breaks for married people, right? I mean, at, at the sums <laughs> we're talking about, like one percent is is millions of dollars. The, the royal family doesn't let, pay tax anyway. They don't pay taxes. They receive money from our taxes. Um, oh no. man, how have people be, not burned that place person. down in the last three years? <laughs> do you get a, do you get representation in exchange for that taxation at least? <laughs> well, basically, the prime minister can tell the queen what to do essentially it's one of those weird power relationships the prime minister does stuff but he answers to the queen and the queen asks him for advice but he can say you should do this and she probably will because he's the prime minister i mean have you seen the queen which i haven't yet but you know, it wasn't I, really- yeah, I have. So, I have, film- and it's you Wait. know, in the in the first scene, Michael Sheen as Tony Blair comes in, and uh, you know, very awkwardly because he's not familiar yet with how to sort of deal with royalty. Um, very awkwardly, it took me that says, whole time to figure out you were talking about a movie and not like, have you seen the Queen? Yes, I have, and I was wondering <laughs> the story when you saw the Queen. Sorry, no, I I did uh, I did shake the hand of one U.S. president though. It wasn't a cool U.S. president. Nixon. Who was it? It was uh, it was George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, um, well, that's the only I one. I say that's the president that we're all CIA briefings at. every morning. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's the most paranoid of all the ex presidents. He was in charge of the CIA before he was vice president. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's probably it's probably nostalgia, right? Because he was the, <laughs> he was the head of the, Actually, the central. I can't imagine. You know, Tim. Tim uh, Millard Fillmore still receives CIA briefings. <laughs> well, and walk over to his grave. They have to hire H- a medium to send them down there, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what? I H- think CIA they- probably has a medium. 
to be fair, saying that you get secret messages from the CIA is not inappropriate if you're the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of your job. It's just one like, of those context things, isn't it? Yeah, it's like if I were to get daily briefings from the CIA that told me all sorts of secret things, then you could put me away in a mental hospital. But if it's <laughs> the president, that's like the equivalent of me after getting on a conference call about my Outlook calendar. You know, it's like, oh, this, this again. Oh, man. So, boy, I, I hope they don't know that I'm eating a scone with the phone on mute. You know, like, that's the thing. So, so now these, um, these two newlyweds are going to be Duke and Duchess of Cambridge until, uh, what, until he's Charles' age? Uh, no, until Charles dies. Until no, until the oh, queen until the dies. queen dies or abdicates. In which case, when Charles becomes king, he'll cede princess, not princess, well, sort of. He'll cede Prince of Wales to William. Oh, right, so, of course. Like full Prince of Wales, because he is still. I think he is William Wales, Prince William Wales, but he's not the Prince of Wales. He's just a Prince of Wales. Um, but yeah, I, I have to say I'm glad that Cambridge got it and not Oxford because that means all the Cambridge people have to put up with, you know, having a new duchy on them. Uh, and I also haven't taken the time to disparage St. Andrew's University where they met as the place where rich people go who couldn't get the grades to get into Oxbridge. And I feel oh, it's, yeah, that's it's, true. Yeah. You know, we call it, we call that Princeton. <laughs> I was actually thinking this country really needs a Duke and Duchess of like the University of Texas at Waco. <laughs> or like, <laughs> it's like Ball State. <laughs> keep your uh, the, keep the keep, Duke of Ball State. Keep your uh, yeah. You can keep your uh, disparaging remarks to yourself. My mother and father met each other at University of Texas at Austin. Hook 'em horns. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, that's clearly yeah. a barony. Waco's the the Dukey, Duchy, Dukey, whatever. <laughs> no, Dukey is a very different thing <laughs> than, than a Duchy. Receive more hate mail than normal if you say that. Well, you you should pass the Duchy on the left hand side, uh, which if you're British and from the eighties is a funny joke. Um, but uh, it's actually uh, the Williams' academic record is uh, interesting. He only got a two-two, which makes him the most academically qualified royal of all time. Of all time, two-two. Uh, oh. uh, Wait, I don't know how the grading works in uh, in England. Uh, it goes first, which is the best one, unsurprisingly. Oh, a degree. Goes, okay, he was awarded a degree first class. Uh, he was awarded a degree second class, second class. Second, but then second, second, which I can't remember what the second bit is called. So you get first and then 2-1 and then 2-2 two, two, and then you get third and then you get uh, pass, non-honours, and then you get fail. Um, well, he did, so, he did you know, better than our last president. And he did better than his father, for example. But Catherine got a 2-1, which is in, you know quite good, really. Um, and uh, she, the real reason they're kind of together was... They were friends, and he was worried about which course he was doing, and he wanted to change because obviously we don't have the whole like uh, majoring thing. We have to pick before we actually go to university, and he picked art history, and he wasn't liking it, and she kind of talked him through the decision to changing to geography, which is apparently easier than art history. One would think that like, geography is a useful thing for a king to have. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few professions I, in which I, whereas whereas art history is something he already has right? it's an even more useful thing yes, for a helicopter house. pilot to know like a helicopter pilot needs to know where things are on a map <laughs> like his whole, whole job is like looking at maps and like like maneuvering things well on and, and the piloting of a helicopter through them yeah. <laughs> you would have thought though that like he could have done better in art 
history because like art history like his his final paper is on like his den yeah yeah <laughs> yep, that is oh, literally man. true <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we're wrapping up. So uh, we're, we're going to do an Overthinking It uh, listener feedback show. So if you Jeez. want to uh, – yeah, I know, right? Sometime before the end of 2011. So if you would like to, um, to join uh, the fray, you can uh, email us at, at podcast at overthinkingit.com. God, I had trouble. I had to stall for a second because I had trouble remembering the email address. <laughs> uh, podcast at overthinkingit.com. You can call 203-285-6400. Call or text uh, 203-285-6401. But if you do, you have to chant. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And what what shall they chant, Josh? 872. 872. Yeah, keep an eye out out for the overview. The next next edition of the overview uh, on the classic film Ghostbusters 2. Though, Pete, I I don't know about you, but I was surprised. I remembered Ghostbusters 2 as being exciting. River of Slime, Vigo looking awesome, his his fists on his hips, uh, dominating every frame of film that he appears in. But uh, much of that film is is, uh, quite boring, or if not boring... Um, unexciting. I, I think pretty much any you know, scene with Peter McNichol is pretty dull, as I recall. No, oh, you take that back! Take that back! He was uh, he was brilliant in Ally McBeal. Brilliant, I say. Wonderful. In you really have to, you really have to see the over listen to the overview to sort of get my take on it. You know, there is a lot of time to talk, which is one of the good things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is one we don't in, in some of them we leave big uh, we leave big gaps where we're watching the film. Uh, <laughs> this is not one of those. It's pretty much nonstop talking from from beginning to end. So watch the movie on a Netflix instant streaming, or you know rent the DVD if you're not in the United States. Um, uh, before you download the overview on this one, uh, sorry, Pete, I cut you off. No, no, it's fine. I think that um, I, the 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 th- big takeaway is that it's a movie that has a bunch of scenes that are really, really good and really interesting that are sort of spread out more than you think that they are. So it's a good movie for the overview because it gives us plenty of time to talk and you get to to watch the scenes that you really like and and spend more time dwelling on them. Whereas sometimes when a movie is coming at you really fast and furious, like say like Fast and Furious. <laughs> Like too fast, too furious. It's hard to get a word in edgewise. It's hard to do a DVD commentary when you actually want to be listening to the dinner scene between Gorney Weaver and Bill Murray that's happening for the fourth time as they talk about their relationship as they do for the entire movie. But, uh, um, and Pete and Dave, you were at the uh, the Overthinking It live shows this weekend we were, we were at uh, Extremely Live Geek Week yep. at Improv Boston. Uh, how were they? Tell us a little something about them. Uh, that, I- I personally, I had a, a ball. I thought it was a really fun time. We we got to unveil a uh, a new, and by new I mean derivative, uh, improv game that we invented called uh, Thesis Offense. Because the best, because <laughs> the, the best, the best thesis defense is a thesis offense. <laughs> it's a good thesis uh, offense. Oh, that's good funny. And that that went over really well. We only got to do it um one one night out of two for time constraints, but it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Mark Lee had some new video comment that we were able to present, although he was not there. He was there in spirit. And we're gonna we're actually going to there is a uh, a new video, a new original overthinking it video that we will run on the site uh, next week. I have to say, mm-hmm. Mark. So it, we've done this now two years in a row. Each time Mark has, has either presented or been there himself to present uh, video content that he's made, you know, some sort of new song. And uh, now both years, that song has gotten irrevocably stuck in my head. Like I just managed to get last year's song out of my head for in time for this year's show. Uh, 
And so that, there it is. That's thank, well, thank you, Mark. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, you know, I think that live events are are one direction that we would like to expand with overthinking it because it's uh, we seem to do them. We seem to do them well. Um, yeah, we'll do bar mitzvahs. We'll do weddings. We'll do royal weddings. <laughs> it's the, the, the <laughs> trouble is we're oh, oh. looking your way. <laughs> It, the trouble is we're so geographically dispersed that getting us, you know, our travel and lodging would be almost uh, unbearably expensive to any uh, to any yep. presenter that wants us that wants us to go on. Um, I also oh, I want to give a plug to a friend, uh, Zach, who was on the show, Zach from Kingdom of Loathing, uh, who was on the show uh, last time. Um, he plugged his uh, his new podcast network, the Hot Dog Network, and the show Advice Hot Dog. And I've listened now to a couple of episodes of Advice Hot Dog, and it's it's pretty good. It's really uh, it's really entertaining, and I I recommend it to you. It is not uh, like this show rated pg-13 <laughs> it, it, it is uh, uh it is, that's true <laughs> it is a hard r uh you know as it, <laughs> it, it is an extremely erotic r uh, <laughs> show me your nether <laughs> no um, it's not video games hot dog is good too i listened to the first episode of that on the recommendation of the show i didn't just, like, you know what i yeah I'm no good. I'm no good at video games, and and uh, you know, I, as smart people, I think we should not do things that we are not good at already. <laughs> especially, especially as you know, moderately intelligent grown-ups, I think we should not do that uh, because there really is. There's no time to fail in in this world. Um, so, uh, so I didn't listen to video games hot talk. But if Tim says it's good, then it, then it's good. Uh, those guys, those guys know what they're doing. Um, and, uh, oh, what? Oh, and if you want to talk about this show, uh, the best place to do that is the, uh, the comments on the show notes for this episode. So until next time, Tim, thank you for scrumping with us tonight. <laughs> Get well, some it's, sleep, it's man. Yeah, I know. For, uh, your, your insomnia is a, is a problem. It needs medical treatment. It's what? It's, it's uh, quarter past four in the morning. Uh, in, That's right. That's right. In, but it's worth it to, to be on, on the podcast the podcast that I'm sure Prince William would listen to if he knew about it because apparently he loves pop culture and rubbish music and schlocky TV and subjecting all of those to a level of scrutiny they probably doesn't deserve plural guys they probably don't deserve I got it right. We were using the royal singular. <laughs> Secret to a successful marriage. Unity. U-N-I-T-Y. Oh, wow. $350 million. <laughs> well, I, you know, with, at least with a sample size of one, we know that's not true. 